Assalamualaikum everyone. I hope that you guys are having a great Ramadan so far. So I am currently, you know, still not feeling a hundred percent, but Alhamdulillah, I'm getting better. I still do have kind of a sore throat, so you know, if you guys see me slip up and cough like a man a couple times, please excuse me because I'm I'm, I'm trying my best. Okay, try my best to cut out the coughing for you guys, so you guys don't have to hear that. Especially if you're wearing headphones, that won't be good. But you know, we're trying. So Alhamdulillah, you guys ate up um, the last episode, which was the tea talk number two, right? And you guys really liked it. And that made me so happy because I enjoy sitting here talking about, you know, whatever, however. And I find that so much more fun. Um, of course, I enjoy the planned episodes as well. But like, I really do enjoy sometimes just not having to think too much and just letting out, you know, whatever. And but I didn't know how you guys felt about it. But that actually came out to be one of my most listened episodes as well. So I don't know what happened, but Alhamdulillah. So I do want to talk about quite a few things in here. I want to talk about the currency that never dies out. I want to talk about how this podcast started. I want to talk about some of the behind the scenes things that I kind of want to tell you about myself. Um, I know that that's something that I feel like I, I have shared a lot about myself about on here, but I also haven't in regards to the podcast. So I just, you know, a bunch of random stuff. So I want to start off by telling you guys, first of all, something that I should have addressed a long time ago, but I didn't. And now I'm going to talk about it right now, which is also one of the reasons I'm making this episode. So Alhamdulillah, I want to say that I'm really grateful for all the love and everything that I receive on the podcast, right? And I bet you guys have heard like bajillion people always say, oh my God, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for support. It's just like, okay, you know what I'm saying? But really, like I am. And it sucks because it's like, you know, words don't express it enough. So of course, I keep you guys in my doors and, you know, may Allah accept that. I mean, but anyway, so I genuinely am really grateful because there's a really big backstory as to my podcast and my Instagram and I'm going to talk about that on here and then inshallah that also inspires someone to start something new for themselves as well. I have shared quite a lot in my life that I was at a dark place multiple areas of my life. Is the term dark place even even good? <laughs> I don't like that term but I was at a low place in my life quite a few times um, and it was consecutive too. It was going on for years and I talked and shared those stories a lot on my podcast those are also one of those stories that made my podcast. I'm dead. No, literally, y'all, like the episodes that got me like, you know, like got people to know about my podcast were my trauma dumping episodes <laughs> or my episodes where I just talked about, you know, my situation. So, hey, it is what it is. It paid off. I mentioned this before, too, but one of the big reasons why I started my podcast was because I'm really lonely. Um, I know. Shocker. I mean, is it though? Is it? I don't think it is. And I'll tell y'all more about that in a minute. But um, I also posted on Instagram what Q&A questions y'all want um, me to answer, like personal ones. And I will be answering those in this one as well, if you're wondering. So yeah, just getting that out the way. But anyway, every single thing that I do is a reminder for me before it is for anyone else. And I want to start off with that. You know, Alhamdulillah, I'm grateful that I get to see TikToks and like my podcast is in there. I go absolutely crazy. I save them in my camera roll and I'm like, that's me. I get so happy. Or like when I see reels and like y'all put my TikTok in there, y'all don't even know, bro. Y'all don't even know. And then sometimes I don't ever see them because people don't tag me. If you see a TikTok and I am in it, tag me, tag me, make me happy, tag me. It makes my day. So I love seeing them. And you know, it's, it's easy to be or act like you're on a pedestal because, you know, a community listens to your things like that. But 
the truth about the podcast, the truth about everything is that it's actually a reminder for me first. And I shared the story a lot where I used to do a lot on TikTok. Um, I had a different TikTok account. I used to post on it like six times a day <laughs> and um, it fell short. I think I don't even know I got shadow banned. I don't know, but it just it just stopped working. OK, and then eventually I had to make a new one. And I shared the story before, but if you don't know it because you're a new listener, I essentially made a new one and I made it with my friend. And, you know, we used to both post TikToks together. We don't use that account anymore. Um, nothing personal. It's just we're both so busy now. But um, I posted like mini podcasts on there and they used to be like 60 seconds. And I used to just talk about Lord knows what. And then someone one day commented, OK, so where's the full one? And that made me so happy. And I was like, oh, one person wants to listen to me talk. And then. I made a whole anchor that night, yo. I went that same evening. I shut my door, got on my phone. How do you make a podcast? How do you put it on Google? How do you put it on Spotify? And I was doing everything to figure out how you do it. Because one person commented, okay? Got 32 views and one person commented. And I was like, this is my big break. This is it. So it is what it is. And then I decided that it was time to you know, make a podcast because I love to talk. Also, I felt like I wanted to do more. At this time, I had an Instagram and my Instagram was more of like a hobby blog type of thing, if anything. I made wallpapers and if you scroll down far enough, you'll see it. I still have some of my story highlights wallpapers where I just made really pretty little wallpapers and like I used to post them on my highlights so you could screenshot them and set them up and then like people used to like send me dms or like post it on the story whenever they like set up my wallpaper as their lock screen. It made me so happy and there's a big reason behind why I actually did this. I'm that type of person that my phone wallpaper, this is going to sound so stupid, but my phone wallpaper, like, it needs to be something meaningful. I don't, what's my phone wallpaper right now? Well, right now it's not meaningful, okay? It's just some scenery, but um, I feel like when you have a certain quote and you put it as your wallpaper, it really, really makes a difference because you read it every single day. Every single time you open up your phone, you see that. So that became something that really helped me. And anytime I was in school, anytime that I was in situations where I was being tested and I was really you know, in a bad place. Anytime I opened up my phone, I used to see that reminder and it used to make me so much more happier. And I know other people are like that as well. So I decided that I'm gonna start making wallpapers. Y'all, my throat, I can't. So, sorry. I decided to start making wallpapers. But anyway, I think the emotional aspect of this was that, you know, when I started making the podcast, the first thing was always that, you know, I think we are all sinful in one way, shape or form. And I was like, I am, you know, I've, I've messed up a lot. And I was like, I just don't understand what can potentially be any support of good deeds for me, whether I die, whether I'm alive. Like, I just don't feel like I'm doing anything that is beneficial. Even if I was reading Quran, even if I was praying, I was like, I just don't feel like I'm helping anyone. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, for the amount of bad deeds that I've done, I just don't think that anyone can rescue me. And at the end of the day, you know, I'm a firm believer that, you know, you can do as many good deeds as you want, but it's Allah's mercy that gets you into heaven no matter what right but you obviously have to do the good actions you have to do the good deeds to prove that you are a true believer to prove that you're even worthy of the you know the concept of heaven so what happened was for a lot of years in my life i had this concept in this mindset where no matter what i do will never be enough today i still have that mindset but i view it differently back in the day you know for years it was no matter what i do will never be enough so i'm not going to do anything at all that's bad what I changed my mindset to was no matter how much I do, it won't be enough. But that means I can do as much as I potentially can while I'm alive. 
then inshallah god will judge me based off of that and hopefully like i'll have something you know what i'm saying i won't go empty-handed on the day of judgment so that is the mindset and that's the thing some people are caught up in i don't like no matter what i do won't be enough so why should i do anything but the question comes down to if it won't be enough then you might as well just try to at least do as much as you can while you're here so at least no one can say that you didn't try right and so that was the mindset the tiktoks the wallpapers they weren't sufficing anymore and i felt like i needed more and like I mentioned all this time, the podcast was alive after that girl commented. And, um, you know, I started doing my podcast, whatever, whatever, whatever. But it was like, I used to make them like 10, 11 minutes. And I had like barely any listeners. Majority of all the listeners were me. Okay. From like a different account. <laughs> or like my friends where I used to be like, please just listen to it. And some of my friends, some of my closest best friends actually don't listen to my podcast they listen to it now and then but they don't listen to it because i mean i know them i've known them my entire life so like they know what i'm gonna say but whatever so it was like i had no one listening to me and it wasn't until one day this random girl who's like 26 texted me to the revert of like i think six years she texts me and she goes oh my god i love your podcast you know i hope that you're doing good you're so cute whatever whatever you're a lot younger than me and i was like oh someone likes my work that's it that one dm bro that one dm I was skyrocketed. I was on cloud nine. I was uploading more. I was like, it helped someone. It got to someone, you know, and she, I think she lives in California. So, so cute. I'm still really close friends with her. You know, I have her number, whatnot, but like, she was like my first ever supporter, I guess you could say. And she, I love her. Like literally she made me so happy. One of the reasons why I kept uploading was her. She used to encourage me on every single episode and it kept me going because it was like finally encouragement from someone that isn't like someone i know you know what i'm saying like it's someone i met through this and i got really happy of that however you know all things come to a slope and throughout this time i was also having a discord and in the discord it was it was really dry it only had like seven people me being one of them well it only had three in the beginning it was me being one of them one of my best friends that i forced to join then one other girl that came thank god but eventually over time i got to seven people which was a really big deal for me okay so seven people in the discord and i mean you can only talk so much with seven people really then at one point it just got exhausting because like we know each other and what do you want me to say to you like i see you every day you know so there were a lot of points where i was just losing motivation because i was like i'm doing this because i want okay here's the thing you want to get good deeds but when your work is not getting out there and everything that you're doing is not being seen you start to question it like is this for me or am i wasting my time and there was a lot of times when i questioned what i did i had people around me also kind of make me question what i was doing and you know i have always kind of heard the you're too young or maybe you shouldn't be doing this or are you sure you're qualified for this are you sure you, this is something you're talking about and um if you want me to be honest with you guys it wasn't until my podcast actually took off that people stopped kind of saying those things to me i still hear those things but i feel like it just shows you like people are gonna really they're gonna they're always gonna have something to judge you for when you're at you know when you're beginning and starting off and a lot of times i did want to listen to what they were saying and think okay well maybe i should just shut up because i'm not a mufti i'm not a sheikh i'm not an imam i'm no one special i'm not an alima i have nothing special to me you know i i take classes i learn but like there's nothing special to me and then i was like well maybe that's the special part that i'm not a label i i, mean, I don't have a big title unfortunately you know inshallah maybe soon in the future you know whatnot but i don't have a big title i'm a normal person you know i'm gonna go to college soon inshallah i have no clue you know like maybe what i want to be maybe i do maybe i don't like i'm a normal person 
and maybe someone needs to hear normal person because you know you so many times you hear advice from people that are muftis and imams and jakes and you should be listening to them i'm not saying don't but sometimes you want to hear it from a normal person too and i was like well i'm a normal person and maybe that's what makes it special so i have had people around me tell me that okay well maybe you shouldn't be doing it maybe you know da 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 whatever and it wasn't until like people started sharing my podcast and like different tiktoks and it popped up on those people's fyps and whatnot and people were like oh hold on you're on a tiktok and then i was like oh my god what's going on and you know my podcast like i think i I mentioned this it really took off one day when i posted on tiktok and i don't know why but it was just this one video and it really went well and then from there you know it became an inclination where people started following me on instagram and then whatever went great it was all god's plan alhamdulillah and then the discord took off in the most weirdest way but it was great like it was growing steady with the podcast but there was this girl on tiktok i don't even remember her username i don't know her at all never talked to her but she posted a tiktok where she was sharing screenshots of her messages with her best friend where her best friend was helping her out with the dean and whatnot sending her hadiths and whatnot and she was like oh you know talking about how much she loves her best friend and it was a really popular video got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of k's of views and likes and everyone was in the comments saying i wish i had someone like that i wish i had people like that around me and some girl from my discord commented saying if you're looking for like a community you're looking for someone to talk to what not make friends go on islamic feelings instagram and they like click her link and then join her discord and then i was getting tagged and i opened up my tiktok and i was getting tagged like crazy and i was like what is going on is this the moment that i get canceled so quick in my career no alhamdulillah but it was just everyone like joining and i got i was now alhamdulillah the discord has 700 people it's nearly 700 girls and it's amazing it's a beautiful beautiful blessing i love having them all there you know i'm sometimes reading the chats from like my notification i unfortunately don't have much time to be active in there because i try to answer dms privately and whatnot but it's great like i'm glad to see people actually make use of it and it's so shocking because a lot of girls actually found out they live near each other and they're gonna meet up and i'm like this is so great i'm so happy for you guys so you know that girl she probably did not even know that was gonna happen with her tiktok but she pinned my comment she pinned the comment that the girl from my discord wrote about joining my discord and you know what inshallah she gets rewarded for every single person that joins and every single good thing so that was that that's how the discord kind of took off and then the podcast from there it was like a steady growth thing and i'm just i'm grateful because like you know in a year and a half i never saw any of this coming and i know you guys hear that a lot too and people are like oh my god i'm so grateful and you're like yeah whatever but like i genuinely am i make dua for this with every prayer and i think my biggest fear really would be to be a hypocrite or to say an advice that i don't follow or to be or to come off as something that i'm not which is why i'm very open and honest that all the advice that i give on here is for me myself first before it is for any of you guys anything that i share you know i'm no way shape from saying i'm perfect i'm just sharing the advice the suggestions the opinions that i think are you know that might work out nice also with the context of islam so please do not ever think that i am a perfect person i'm not i know you guys hear that a lot too and you probably think like oh yeah they're still good people they have a podcast they're still good people they talk about islam trust me no i'm a normal person um and inshallah that answers that so now let's answer the q a's on instagram i asked you guys to ask me a bunch of questions some of y'all just left like personal questions some of them are like just topics so i'm gonna try to go through them as quick as i can okay the first question is do you look like your profile picture because i always imagined the face to be different than the voice hmm I don't know if I should take that as an insult. I don't know what you imagine me to look like. But yes, I kind of do look like my profile picture. 
I actually try to do my hijab like that too. So that is the most accurate representation you will probably ever get of me. My family's from Pakistan and I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York and then now I live in Atlanta. And I'd like to believe I look Pakistani, but I've had people tell me likewise. Uh, again, I don't know if that's, I don't know what they mean by that, but I mean, I, I, I look like my profile picture. I hope that, I hope that helps. Next one's a statement. Hijab and proper way of dressing modest. Okay, look, my opinion on this is that I think we're all on a journey about, you know, dressing modest. And I think that there's nothing wrong with that. I think that we should all acknowledge however where we're at. The one thing that I disagree with is Instagram hijabi fashion and how we've made it seem like that is the end goal. Like dressing, you know, in nice tight dresses. It doesn't matter if it doesn't show skin. It's modest. And I don't like that logic. I find that logic to be flawed, if anything. And I don't like how Instagram you know fashion has made it seem like that is the end goal and this is very misleading for young girls this is very misleading for reverts i disagree with it and i feel like you know again we're all on a journey that's that i respect that i understand that and it's okay if that's the phase that you're at what i'm saying is don't make it seem like that is the end goal because it's not that is what thing that i'm really big on for that next one how do you deal with specific temptations and wanting to go into a sin you know you want to do okay here is my logic I measure out the time frame. I think it's very normal as human beings to fall into temptations, but when you can rationally think about it, I measure out the time frames. If I'm going to fulfill my temptation, do whatever I want, whatever it may be, it's going to keep me happy for how long? It's going to make me satisfied for how long? Maybe two minutes, five minutes, two weeks, whatever, but downfall after you give into whatever you want to do. Let's say you want to listen to a song, three minutes, and after that, you're going to have a downfall. You're going to have a slope. You're going to have so much regret. You're going to hate it. You're going to be like, why did I do that? Then it's going to be like, oh, I got to start all over again you know feels like you're starting all over from square b a actually so it's like why do it i measure out time frames i rationally think about it it's gonna feel great for three minutes and then right when it's about to end i'm gonna be like crap i hated that why did i do that i wish i never did that so measure out the time frames that always helps next one is loving someone you can't be with okay i have a very interesting take on this my take is i'm a 100 percent firm believer in no gray areas okay I feel like life is a lot better when you stop living in the gray areas. I feel like if something's meant to be, yes, it'll happen. If something's not meant to be, no, it won't happen, right? Is it possible that you're going to have years of your life where it's going to be, I don't know, I hope so, maybe, yeah, yeah. But what I like to do that made my life a lot better is I stopped thinking so much about the I don't know, I hope, maybes. And what I did was I made it either a yes or a no. Now, if you're in love with someone and you know you can't physically be with them, in your mind, mentally, I feel like at that point, I'd register to just be a no. If you know that there's something really big that's stopping you and him from being together, it's something that can't change. Maybe it's a religious barrier. Maybe it's a, I don't you know, family cultural barrier. I mean, that could be changed, but like you just know that it's not going to work out and let it go and take it as a no in your head. Be like, okay, this was a situation. It didn't work and let's move on. It's very possible that you will love someone and you want to get the chance to be with them. This is life. It happens. And inshallah, may Allah re reunite all of you with who you love in Jannah. I mean, but it's unfortunate because a lot of people end up living in the, in the maybe, in the no, in the, well, I love that person. Do I believe that love is everything? Unfortunately, I'm sorry I don't. Here's the thing. I feel like when we say that love is everything, we tend to ignore a lot of other things. We don't take into account other behaviors, other accountabilities, other responsibilities. Because we're like, oh, love is everything. Or someone does your own way. It's okay, love is everything. Someone can't financially support you. Well, it's okay, love is everything. And when it comes to finances, I do agree that, you know, hard times, they come upon everyone. If you're genuinely with a good person, you know, it's not. That's not an issue, Right? But um, someone will abuse you, disrespect you. You'll say, well, love is everything. Love conquers all. 
I'm afraid no, because this is toxic love. This is not regular love. And I don't think that that should be worth staying. So if you're in love with someone and you know you can't be with them, do not torture yourself every day. Do not sit here and remember their thoughts and remember what you guys had and whatnot. Because if you can't be with them, realize that there's a reason on the surface and there's a deeper reason that God knows. Let them go. Let yourself free. Breathe. Start over. There's a lot lots of people in the world you know i hate it when people say that i hate when people say oh there's lots of fish in the sea there's lots of people i'm like shut up like you don't understand but you know as i got older i'm a firm believer there's there's lots of people millions and thousands i read this quote it said you have not met all the people in your life yet that want to love you or will love you and i stand by that so breathe and don't live in the gray area next one's a similar question should we cling on to hope that it will work or should we let it go hmm okay i think this again depends on your situation i want you to be honest with yourself if the person that you're clinging on to the hope for has inevitably obviously said no to your face and they they're with someone else now they're getting with someone else they're gonna get married to someone else whatever the situation may be like it's a flat no no then you shouldn't cling on to hope because you're hurting yourself again you're living in the gray area you're hoping that they'll come back you're hoping that they will change you're hoping that maybe they'll leave who they're with and come to you but my thing is if someone really loves you they won't waste their time with someone else they won't waste their time with you know other people you know what i'm saying i get it i'm again i just said that love isn't everything and i'm not trying to sound a hypocrite it's not but i'm saying like when you are with someone how do i explain this like look if you are actively with someone don't keep the mindset that love is everything because there's accountability there's responsibilities there's stuff that goes into it when you are away with someone and you know you're clinging on to hope you're trying to make something work out focus on quality do you feel like this person even wants you that bad because if there was someone else they don't want you that bad they don't even no matter what y'all had no matter how great it was in the beginning no matter what they said people say a lot of things i can sit here and say that i'm this i'm that but i'm not right so first of all judging on quality how honest and truthful was this person maybe they were truthful at one point maybe they really did want you but then someone else came and completely took their attention and in my opinion you just don't want me bad enough if someone else can take your attention that's just my opinion that isn't insecure that isn't mean i just think that it's a matter of quality right so should you cling on to hope in my opinion no because again love isn't everything honesty is responsibility is accountability is truthfulness is and if someone could leave you in a gray area like that unfortunately i don't think that they're worthy i'm a firm believer as a woman if a man wants you he's either gonna do yes or he's gonna do no okay and i have some men that listen to this and they low-key know that i'm right okay it's either yes or it's a no because when men really want a girl girl they, they go crazy they go crazy after her you tell him anything and he'll do it like he'll do it okay he'll do it trust me so it's either yes or it's a no now if you're with a guy and he's kind of like mm, yeah 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 i see i like you yeah i'll send my parents yeah mm -hmm, yeah no he's in the between he's in between he's like just in the middle and it's like i just don't feel like that's the passion's not there okay <laughs> so that's my two cents on that how do you cope in ramadan from abstaining from sin okay i don't think that us human beings ever can be 100 percent sinless i sin too i think one thing that really helps me is I'm, i i don't know why this always helps but i'm like it's literally the month of ramadan okay the best month first of all there's people out there in this world they're starving they don't have anything to eat for steady they don't have anything to eat for sahur i guess you could say they don't have anything to eat for iftari and they're fasting they're starving they're hungry and i'm here upset i'm here 
getting angry over petty problems. I'm here doing sins for petty reasons. Is it worth it? Sometimes I genuinely sit there. I'm like, girl, is it worth it? And I'm like, that's so embarrassing. No, don't do that. So I feel like the way that I that's really functioned in my head is again time frame. I'm like, I'm gonna regret doing this in a matter of like five seconds. Next one, was there ever a time you struggled with prayer? I think that's of course, yes. Um, I feel like Alhamdulillah to blessing of my parents that they forced us growing up, they're like, You gotta pray, you gotta pray, you gotta pray. Now, some people may view that as a bad thing. Some people may say, Oh, they're forcing you, that's you know, whatnot, whatnot. I think that was the best thing they could have ever done. You know, I hear some parents, Muslim parents, and they say, I will never force my kids to pray. I'm like, why would you, why? There's, okay, look, there's a difference between like forcing to the point that they'll abuse you. That, that, that wasn't what I went through. Alhamdulillah. It was like forcing like, hey, you better pray. It's not good for you if you don't. You know what I'm saying? Something like that. They'll be like, okay, just don't come down until you pray. Something like that. Like, go ahead and pray. Some people, if you're not Muslim, you find this toxic. You find this abusive. But I think that our parents, they have realized what prayer does. They know how. They know what a miracle is. They know what a great thing it is. So they want your kids to see the same thing. That's how I like to perceive it. If I have kids, I'm going to tell them that you have to pray. But I'm also going to make sure to tell them why they need to pray, how it helps your life, and what it does for you. A lot of our older parents, unfortunately, they don't, they don't teach that part. Because they think that's a little bit deeper of a thought. They tell you, you have to pray or else you're going to go to hell. They don't tell you that. If you pray, you know, all these doors will open up for you. You'll get closer to God. That's not something they tell their kids. That's not their fault. You know, unfortunately, a lot of parents, they just weren't raised hearing that as well. So I'm not upset at my parents or any parents really in general for that. Because I understand why some parents have never done that. I know for a fact that when it comes, you know, when I just have to tell anyone, even when I'm at parties, like little, you know, family gatherings, and I see younger kids, I tell them I, if the topic comes up, I do mention them. I'm like, it's good for you. Like, it helps you ultimately, right? So um, that is what I feel like is my two cents on that. Now, of course, when I was a teen, my 12, 13, 14, 15, like I, I was praying, but I had no connection at all. Like I was doing it just to do it and by that point it wasn't like my parents forced me you know like when we were young when we were like you know 10 to 12 maybe our parents were like gotta pray gotta pray go pray go pray make sure you pray but then after a certain point my par my parents were like you're old enough you know exactly the consequences you know the benefits you are responsible for you and i agree with that logic as well because i feel like when someone wants to take accountability they will and at that age they weren't on me to pray they knew that I knew that I had to pray five times a day, right? They they knew that I was already doing it. They weren't on me. But I had no connection with God. So I was just doing it because I also felt guilty leaving it. You know what I'm saying? Like it was like a relationship where I was like, I, I want to do it, but I just don't feel anything doing it. So I, I that was the time where I really did struggle. And that got fixed over time when I learned more about Islam and the miracles behind Islam and the scientific miracles. And I feel like when you appeal to your intellect and your logic, why you believe in your faith, it helps a lot emotionally. Next question is things to do as a hijabi to make life easier. Okay, let's get into this discussion. I am team cotton hijab all the way. Fight the wall, beat the wall, don't talk to me. I just can't tolerate chiffon. I can't tolerate it. It'd be slipping, sliding, flying, everything except sticking on my head, okay? And I get it. Some people say, oh, just wear the undercap. But I just, I, I don't, I don't like it <laughs> i don't like it i am such a cotton or there's this pashmina silk y'all let me talk about my pashmina silk i'm so passionate about this discussion can you please just listen to me for two seconds and make me happy there is this type of um fabric it's called pashmina silk okay it's not that expensive i know it sounds like it might be i don't know but you can literally get it off like modernisa um i think it comes from turkey 
I got my first pashmina silk scarf as like um, a gift for my friend and it was from Modernisa amazing it's like a pashmina shawl thing and it's just it's like cotton but it's not cotton but it's like flowy but it's it's chef's kiss highly encourage getting that it's like very beautiful fabric too i like cotton i know some people say oh ew i hate cotton but i feel like if you get the right type of cotton it's really nice i love cotton i like how it sticks next thing please please get hijab magnets my worst phase of my life was when i didn't have hijab magnets i used to be folding it for dear life and it wouldn't stick i know some people like the stick pins that are just like the pins that go through that's fine i i'm cool with those two i just don't like the fact that they make holes in them and when you're a full and full-time unemployed child literally i anytime people are like what's your employment status i'm like full-time unemployed just so i could sound like i do something whatever like i just feel like you know hijabs are really expensive let's talk about that though because they are some some stores are selling them for like 25 dollars for one and i'm like oh this better make me turn to like a pegasus i better be flying because 25 dollars for one hijab for one scarf <sighs> no so you know you want to make sure you're taking care of them there are these mag not magnets they're like these pins like that little butterfly v-shaped clips and they're like these little v's that like little two dots on them and like they go in and it's like shut i think you guys know what i'm talking about if you're a girl you know what i'm talking about those little v-shaped clips just type them in on google i highly encourage getting those they stick really nice next thing that i recommend as a hijab to make life easier honestly stop thinking that everyone's looking at you just because you wear a hijab i bet people are but and i did that too where i was like okay everyone's staring at me and sometimes people were staring at me but i'm just like i don't care they probably think my hijab's beautiful so it's okay okay <laughs> but i'm just like you know what it's okay who cares they want to stay they want to stay they want to look at me they can look at me because some people they just genuinely have never seen a hijabi before and that's okay don't be so upset about it don't get worked up about it don't let yourself feel belittled because of it the next question's interesting what is your opinion on early marriage age gap and divorce okay you brought up a big topic what is my opinion on early marriage early marriage when someone does early marriage i assume 18 19 20 21 aroundish i know 22 some people think that's early too but like in the pakistani community like 22 21 they're like yeah you better get married now I feel like early marriage, speaking from a Pakistani Pakistani person, you know, like the community-wise, I feel like that would be 18 to 20. Um, what's my opinion on it? Okay, I have lots of opinions on it. Thanks for asking. Let's get let's get into them. It is sunnah to get married young. I agree. Nothing wrong with that. And I think that if you genuinely have met the love of your life at, you know, 18, 19, and I'm not saying that's not possible. It is if you met them through the halal proper way and, you know, whatever the situation may be or however it worked out, right? And, like, you genuinely know this is the right person then and you tell your parents and, like, they're like, okay, you could get married, then I'm cool for it. You know what I'm saying? I don't think you lose anything. You know, you want to make sure you're getting married to someone that they will understand if you want to continue your education, they'll understand if you want to continue getting a job, whatnot. I do think that it's very important for. Okay. Okay. How, how do I talk about this without making this the whole episode? Unfortunately, I feel like in our community, we have made it a standard where it's either you get married and you stay at home, or you get a very, very, very good education and you got to be a doctor and then you get married. And, you know, then there's the in between where the aunties, they expect you to be a doctor go to you know 16 plus years of schooling also get married also have kids also take care of a house and i think that if this is your expectation you better be up in there helping out because i feel like i disagree so much with how much pressure unfortunately society has put on women to have an amazing education amazing degrees and then also get married also take care of the house and then what's even more sad is that sometimes they make girls get such big education and they're like okay well you're married now so you don't need the degree sit at home 
okay, here's the thing. It's not even a question whether women should be getting educated or not. You know, like Islam, obviously, education is key. That's a big thing. But if, you know, you have so much cultural pressure that they want you to be a doctor, they want you to have a PhD, they also want you to get married. I'm sorry, but I'm going to be very honest with you. If your family expects that from you, they better be on the front lines helping you as well. You know what I'm saying? And it's unfortunate because sometimes girls have to pick. Do I want to get educated? Do I want to get married? And I don't think it should be an option. I think that you should be doing both, you know? Um, I know a lot of parents, they think that their daughter should at least have a master's degree before getting married. I don't disagree with that. I don't. But do I think that if you meet someone really amazing in between, you should tell your parents? Of course, you should at least tell them. You should at least let them know that, hey, there's someone that exists. I found someone for myself. So don't go out there, you know, searching back at home. I found someone. I think that you should be open and honest about it. I think, unfortunately, a lot of kids are not honest with their parents when they do find someone. And it leads to a very big drama. Just be honest. Even if your parents get blown up about it, just be honest because... It's only going to save you long term and you did what's right Islamically, especially if you're distancing away from them and you told your parents. Um, so that's my opinion on early marriage. I do think that it is a little bit scary because you never know what can happen. But at the same time, like, you want to make sure that you're not infatuated. That's what I'm saying. Like, you want to make sure that you are not head over heels over someone and you don't even know them. You want to make sure that you want to know this person for sure. Because it could be unfortunate that you get married to them and by like 24, you're like, I hate this person. Who's that? you know and you're like i i'm now who i am and who i was when i was 19 or two different people and i just can't be with this person anymore so you know that happens a lot often too i know lots of girls that got married young and they got divorced by like 20 nothing wrong with that i'm not you know criticizing them but your mindset then your mindset now is very different so some people say how do you avoid getting married early i just avoid men as a whole <laughs> until your time comes honestly boys got cooties i don't know what to tell you just uh, <laughs> i don't know what to tell you i think you know like allah's gonna bring the right person in front of you at whatever time it's written for you so it's not in your control but you do have to be honest with your parents you do have to tell them early and if you genuinely feel like he can afford to get you know get, get you married again love is not everything it love is great trust me it is and it's very important but make sure that you can like afford the lifestyle and you know afford to like have food on the table no one's saying to be multi-millionaires traveling in dubai where you can't even afford a smoothie just have you know food on the table have a bed to sleep on like make sure that you know you know this person will suffice no matter what that this person won't run away when things get hard so that's that what's my opinion on divorce i don't think that divorce okay i feel like communities have made divorce like it's like hell down like it's the worst thing you get divorced you're going to hell no divorce is not a great thing it's not you know but it is also unfair to say to women that are getting abused that are you know getting beaten up oh just have patience what do you mean you want to get divorced that's crazy you want to get divorced do you know how bad that is everyone's gonna talk about you woman i don't care <laughs> like that's the thing some women are in marriages where they're getting beaten up and people are telling them oh just have some patience he'll get better no it's not right and unfortunately some mothers they don't have the chance to leave because you know they have their own situations or whatever it may be so it's not fair i don't i do think that we have made it kind of harsh on the women what is my opinion on age gap okay islam does not have an age right i think i talked about this a lot where you know some people have mentioned that you know it doesn't have a necessary age they say that after you hit puberty you're ready for marriage whatnot whatnot okay I understand that, and I'm not saying I disagree with that. I get that, yeah. However, I do find it kind of disturbing how there will be men that are 45, and they won't 
want to get married to a girl that's 32, 35, 38. No, they want a girl that's 18. I find that to be grooming. I find that to be a little bit strange. Now, some people like to bring up back in the day. How, you know, Prophet, peace be upon him, married Aisha Mila, be pleased with her, you know, when she was young. Life expectancy back in the day was very, very short, okay? So, by the time she got married, that was like mid of her life, right? If we're talking like age expectancy-wise as a whole, you know? So, that that's a whole other thing. I feel like it's unfortunate because people don't follow the sunnah where they also say, you can marry women older than you. No one said you can't. Go ahead, you can. If you are 20, you like a girl that's 25, even bigger, okay? No one said you can't marry her. It's sunnah to marry, you know, women that are older than you, but you just don't like to hear that one. And I feel like one thing that really does disturb me is when men want to have, you know, wives that are so young that some of them barely started their periods. And I just, I don't think that's okay. Because I feel like even mentally, like, if you just started your period, like, you barely know anything. You're still developing. And it concerns me when men want women that are, like, 12, 14. Because I'm like, why do you want it that young? Why? Like, start listing the reasons and you will see how janked up that sounds. Okay? Start, why, why do you want a 14-year-old? Tell me why. See how awkward that is? See how embarrassing that is? But our communities won't ask them, which is what I disagree with. Which is why, like, sometimes when I see that, I'd be ready to, I'd be, I'd be so ready to say something like, oh, why you want a 14-year-old? Tell me why. What's the reasons? But, you know, I just, uh, okay, now here's the thing. Now, if we're talking about, like, on a legal perspective where, you know, girls may be 22, the guy may be, like, 28, I don't find that to be that big of a deal because it's, like, you know, I feel like seven, eight years, it's normal-ish among, you know, communities. But I feel like when someone is, like, 12 and the other dude is, like, 35, like, you know, I don't know. I just can't wrap my head around it. I know that some people genuinely are like, oh, it's okay. Islam doesn't have an age. But, like, I just don't think I, you need to find someone suitable for you. I, I, the only reason why I would see a man wanting to marry, a 55-year-old wanting to marry, like, a 14-year-old, it's only for desires. I don't see anything else. I don't see a mentality reason. I don't see a personality reason. I don't see it. And that's not good. Okay, next one. You probs get this a lot, but any marriage plans? Um, inshallah. I, I mean, of course. It's... This is weird. <laughs> First of all, I don't get that a lot. Um, alhamdulillah. But I don't think... I don't have any, like, plans right now, obviously. I, I hopefully, inshallah, intend on getting lots of education and then looking towards that. And hopefully, you know, my mom does something about it because I don't know if I will be able to bring someone forth. But, um no of course i right as of right now no because i i'm young but i do have the intention of course when i get older but yeah that's my plan on that i do think that that is something inshallah i think you know it's a no whatnot i'll go about it to see how my parents say and then you know of course if i find someone like as of right now i haven't found anything so yeah the next one is also a statement that says losing a loved one i think the biggest thing that i could tell you about losing a loved one is don't view it from a selfish perspective when we lose a loved one we say oh my god you know this person died they meant so much to me i have so many good memories with them they were important to me i couldn't live without them stop it's not about you right now this person inshallah if they were a good muslim 
they're free from this world shackles they're free from the need of having to work for an income they're free from the need of being judgment they're free from toxic culture they're free you know they're in their grave now and inshallah may their grave be even more restful than their bed you know for the believers it's it's great so inshallah i think that's how i like to perceive it you know to allah we belong it is what it is it's gonna happen to everyone at some point or another so don't let it get to you so much that you lose your sense of reality this person inshallah if they're a good muslim they're in a better place now they really are you know even if they're just in their grave you know whatever is going on in them it inshallah is working with their favor how to deal with a sibling that is always hurts you and is fueled with a narcissistic power by their partner something like that okay hmm you know what my opinion is i feel like sometimes even if it's family I'm not saying to cut ties. Don't do that. Because, you know, family is really important in Islam. But I think sometimes you gotta take a step back and be like, okay, you were being fueled by someone else. Or you were maybe being a narcissist by someone else. Or you are yourself. And it's a problem. I think the first thing that I like to view it as is to be very honest. You can see a person as a narcissist and think, oh, they're so stuck up. But you can also realize that in psychology, there's actually a personality disorder which is actually called narcissistic personality disorder. It's an actual medical term. Sometimes I like to view it as that and be like, okay, this person actually has a problem. Okay, it's not an insulting thing. It's not a mean thing. It's not a me trying to be offensive towards something. They actually have a problem. And they may not know it. And you may try to tell them they may not realize it. And that's why you need to try to be, you know, as kind as you could be and as patient as you can be. But realize that the reward of all of this comes from your Lord. Because you stay silent. You bear through these things. You're bearing through however people are treating you. Stay silent. Take a step back. Make ball for them. Next one, learning how to forgive someone who isn't sorry. Oh, this is great. You know what? I feel like you there's nothing there's nothing here for you. I always tell people this. You get nothing from not forgiving. You know what I'm saying? You forgive, it's good for you. When you don't forgive, you sit there getting guilty. You sit there thinking, should I have forgiven them? Why did they look so happy today? Why did they look so good today? Maybe they don't care anymore. Maybe I messed up. Like you're always thinking about something. When you forgive, that's it. You don't lose anything. You're done, over with, gone. That's it right and if someone isn't sorry then it's okay it's okay let them not be sorry that's between them and allah your job is to forgive you forgive you did your part no one's gonna ask you about that because you're done they aren't sorry they think that they did they're the best person in the world they totally didn't mess up okay okay you know all right but don't worry about how they feel just apologize allow yourself to forgive you're setting yourself free in the process struggling in ramadan okay another statement i think the biggest thing that i can tell you for this is that ramadan is a process it's a month it gets better every day you know if you fall back once you gotta get up again you just have to that's the thing like don't let yourself slip and once you realize how you can keep falling up and getting up again in a matter of just a month you'll see that you have that potential to do it even outside of ramadan so don't let yourself you know get belittled i know that some of us can't fast i know that some of us can't do the things that we wish to do but that's the thing. You find creative ways to get to Allah. You find creative ways to ple- be, to make Allah pleased with you. You know what I'm saying? If you've never cooked before, but you can't fast this Ramadan, you learn how to cook just for the people. Think about it. It's a creative way. It's a new way. Try to find those things that make it better for you. What keeps you motivated every single day? That's a great question. Wow. Hmm. Not you getting me thinking. Okay. I think the fact that I had a really janked up past and I woke up again today. And I'm like, I woke up again today, which means I have another chance to repent. I have another chance to pray. I have another chance to make things right. 
unfortunately sometimes i do wake up in the morning and the first thing i'm thinking i'm like oh i gotta get downstairs i gotta make this i gotta do that i gotta do that like my head's just going crazy but then sometimes i'm like wait like you woke up so yeah you know gratefulness is key the next one is what is your advice to someone starting out to wear the hijab i get this question so much i get this discussion so much at my dms as well listen guys i mean girls i think i should say y'all you're never 100% going to be ready for a lot of things in life. You're going to have to go and blindly jump into a lot of things and see that those things are good for you. So many girls are like, I'm going to wait till I'm ready. I'm going to wait till I'm ready. And yeah, some girls do actually end up feeling like they're ready. But then also some of them never do. You cannot rely God's obligation on an emotional state. I was like that too, where I kind of sometimes used to think, I'm like, am I ready? Am I not ready? It's not about me not being ready or being ready. It's about the fact that this is good for me. And so many people think that, well, I'm going to take off my hijab. It makes it easier. How does it get easier by taking it off? When you take it off, you're doing something that Allah told you to do, and now you're not doing it. Because now the people will like you. But the one above the people, the one that controls the people, if he's not happy with that action, is it worth it? Now, if you wear the hijab and people don't like you, it's okay because at the end of the day, you're pleasing the one that's above everyone. You're pleasing the one that's the most powerful, so you don't lose anything, right? But so many people are so caught up in the mindset of people are going to judge me, people are going to stare at me, you know, people are going to feel this this type of way of me. I'm scared to lose my friends. They should not be your friends anyway if you're scared of losing them. Let me tell you, I had people that I thought like I was not going to lose when I wore, you know what, I just became more religious as a whole and I changed to everything, and even just in my character, I lost lots of people, but it doesn't surprise me, because if you were meant to stay, you would stay, even if I looked like this, or I looked like someone else, you would stay, and if me being a hijabi, me being even different, just generally different, like you could be, you could be a hijabi, and act completely different, and then you know, like through COVID and whatnot, and through a long time frame when you're self-isolated, completely change your character, and people just don't want to be around you anymore. They think they think you're boring. They think you're lame. And it's like, okay, if you don't like me anymore, you don't like me anymore, I'm not going to chase after you. I did nothing wrong. I embraced who I was and what I, my full potential is. I embraced what my religion tells me and I'm doing what I love. And if you don't like me like that, then I don't care. Because it's not my job for you to like me. And that's the biggest thing that I'm trying to tell you guys so much. And as cliche as it sounds, it's not your job to make sure people like you. I don't care who likes me and who doesn't. Because if I was to sit here and start caring, then I wouldn't like myself. That's the thing. If you sit here and you start to care who likes me, who doesn't like me. And if genuinely, if you really make that your first job every single day you wake up, take account. Who doesn't like me today? Who likes me today? Who's my friend today? Who's not my friend today? Bro, you're going to end up not liking yourself. That's what I'm saying. It's not your job to care that much about how other people view you and other people's whatnot. Make sure you don't hurt anyone. But realize that if you are embracing yourself and being yourself completely in what your religion tells you and people don't like you for that you scared of losing your friends you got bad friends anyway in the first place and i'm not saying that to be mean i had those two they left me they left me they never came back it's okay i'm not i'm not stuck up about it god bless me with so much more god bless me with this this podcast platform so stop being scared of losing a bunch of friends or being stared at or being you know judged by people these people are not going to pay your bills they're not going to give a crap about you and literally Especially for my girls, like maybe you're in high school right now. You're not even going to see them again another three years. Maybe you're in college. When your classes change that semester, they're not going to see you again. Let it go. Who cares? Why do you care so much about these people that you're not going to see again? I literally had to wire that in my brain. And now I can confidently tell you it's the best choice.
Favorite Suda and why? Okay, interesting. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna sound basic. I really like Suda Adoha. Um, if you want me to be honest, I have more like verses that I love from almost like every Suda. Like I feel like every Suda is beautiful in its own way, shape, or form. I don't think that I can ever pick one that I love the most. I just I have favorite verses from everything. Like I can open it up and be like, that's beautiful. So, um, the whole Quran. Thanks for asking. <laughs> what is your favorite quote? Okay. Usually my favorite quote is like a Quran verse, like a Hadith. But since you said quote, I'm assuming you mean like outside of that. I always have a favorite quote that changes like every other three to four days. I think recently my favorite quote has been fear is the cheapest room in the house and I'd like to see you live in better conditions. It's a quote by someone that I read online and I like that quote a lot. And the reason why I like that quote is because recently I feel like I... For a very long time, you know, I do feel like I lived in fear. I lived in a cheap room of fear. And I feel like I remind myself this quote a lot when I'm scared of doing something. I'm scared of an outcome. I'm scared of something. And I'm like, it's it's the cheapest room in the house. I know I deserve better, so I should stop doing that to myself. You know what I'm saying? That's been something I can think off the top of my head. I have so many favorite quotes. <laughs> I have this memo pad list filled up with notes. I love them. Next ones. What's your favorite part about Ramadan and how do you make the most of it? Okay. I am really, I've really been into Tarawi recently, you know, unfortunately, I used to always get really little hearted because of Tarawi because I can't go to the mosque, like I can, but it's like, the situation here is really complicated about that, and you know, there's the really nice big mosque that have more spaces all the way far away in like hours of drive, so it's just, it's just difficult to go, you know, drive that far, and then the one nearby is just you know, it's just, it's not easy to always go there, because it's very busy and whatnot, and even just the after that, like, I don't know how to drive there personally, and so just generally, I feel like I've always been disheartened about going to the mosque, because I don't have friends, I used to literally go to Tarawi almost all the time, when I used to live in New York, I used to go with my friends, we used to go out, we used to eat, you know, it was just fun, like, I was so young, and I didn't realize what a golden moment that was, but I got really disheartened of that concept. And yeah, you can pray Tarawi at home and you should. It's great. You should pray Tarawi regardless. I feel like it took me a long time to really realize that it's okay. It's okay if you don't have friends. It's okay if you can't go to the mosque and, you know, do all that. It's okay. You can do it at home. And that's why I recently started praying Tarawi, you know, with my family, whatnot, alhamdulillah, which is a blessing because I know so many people don't even have that. And if you don't even have that, I'm, I highly encourage you to take your room and transform it to a very beautiful vibe, to like a little masjid vibe type of situation, you know, like get your favorite candles, put on some nice candles, put on some nice scents, you know, uh, get a nice prayer mat and like just make the vibe what you wish for it to be and make it really content and peaceful. And that's something I did for myself as well you do not need expensive decoration i see people decorating their houses all the time for ramadan and first of all my family doesn't do that and second it's very expensive actually i you could literally just you could do anything you could literally get fake flowers and you know hang them up around your room and those cost like a dollar two dollars it's it's really about how you go about it and actually decorating your room makes you feel so much more better when ramadan comes around because it's like okay you have a nice new scent you know in the room i love wax warmers i don't know if you guys have those or if y'all prefer those some people like candles i love wax warmers i feel like i just love how you know just put the cube in and it melts it itself and it smells great so just have small touches that you want to do to make it special so the way that i make the most of it i think is i try to get every everything else done before and i'm like taravi it's taravi and then straight to bed 
And since I know I'm going straight to bed, I know I don't have anything else to do. I'm not going to rush through it, right? So that's one thing that I've been really loving. The next thing that I've been really loving is, honestly, this is going to sound weird, but staying in Sajood a little bit longer than usual. It's just been hitting different this Ramadan. It really has. I highly encourage you guys to try that. I do try that even outside of Ramadan, but like just staying there for a little bit longer, it really helps. The Hajjit during Ramadan is always amazing. So yeah, that's that. How old are you? And they just said age, question mark. I'm 18. Alhamdulillah. So I think everyone knows that already. Next question. Marrying outside of your culture or sect, such as Shia or Sunni. I could talk about this forever. Okay, let me tell y'all. The discussion of sect is a very popular discussion. I get this comment quite often whenever I post Q&As and I avoid talking about this a lot. Um, It's come up in my Discord. It's come up in quite a few places and I avoid talking about it. Because mm, that's a big topic. <laughs> and I just don't think I will ever have that much knowledge to speak on it. Now, when people do ask me, what am I? You guys might not like my answer, but I am a Muslim and people don't like that answer. But if you look at, you know, what the Quran tells us, what Islam tells us as a whole, it's like people that worship Islam are called Muslims. It was us that divided ourselves, that made ourselves, you know, Sunni, Shia, this, 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 and, you know, whatever. You know, I have people that sometimes ask me, what do you follow? And I'm like, well, I follow what the Quran tells me, what the Hadith tell me. So that, so they say to me, so you're Sunni. And I'm like, well, if you want me to be honest with you, I find that to be Muslim. But if you want to categorize me as Sunni, then okay, whatever. But I accept all the Hadith. I accept all that. I think that the companions, peace be, you know, may Allah be pleased with all of them. You know, I just don't think that me being the person that I am today, I don't think that anyone here in modern times should and can speak about people back in the day the way that they do unfortunately i see on social media people cursing them out people doing this people doing that and i'm not saying that this is all shia people this is not all shia people it very it honestly depends among communities there's some who are very you know they're you won't even really be able to tell that they are shia there's some people that they're very chill about it they accept you know certain companions that have different acceptance whatnot and then there's some that they straight up you know, curse out the Sahabas and whatnot. And I've seen both ends of the spectrums. That's why I don't like to generalize. I don't like to sit here and say, oh, all Shia people suck. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because people can say that about Sunni people and whatnot. And that's why I just don't like to categorize myself as either. Now, do people categorize me? Yes. There's been multiple times when people have asked me, what do you follow? Or situations like that. Or I have been in TikTok comments where I'm reading it and people are like, um, what do you, they're asking someone else, like, what do you follow? And they're like, oh, I just follow the Quran, the Sunnah, the Hadith, whatnot. They're like, oh, so you're Sunni. So people in the community just take it as that. And if you take it as that, then you take it as that. That's, I don't care what you take it as. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm Muslim. It is what it is. But I just feel like from my stance, again, I'm not trying to sound like a pro-Sunni whatnot, because again, this is not something I like to talk about. But when it, again, and neither am I trying to sound like I hate Shia people. No, like, this is not my stance, but I do disagree with the way that we, with the way that some people curse out the Sahabas. I just don't see how people like us have that position. I just, I don't like it. I don't think that that's okay. And I just don't think I could ever, with my full chest, be able to curse out or say something like this about even someone prevalent and relevant and alive today. I just don't think that as human beings, that's a position we have. I feel that in general. Even if it's in regards to history or it's in regards to today, to someone that lives down the street from me, I don't think that's something I can do. Because 
my sins are my sins their sins are their sins i just don't think i'll ever have that much of a full chest and so much confidence and i'm not saying that those people are confident and boastful no i'm just saying i don't think i will ever personally be so confident that i can sit here and curse someone out and not feel bad about it because no matter what happens no matter what bad thing someone has done to me or no matter what bad thing someone else has done everywhere else whatever it may be i just don't think that i have that much no- that much knowledge to sit here and say that Am I spinning in circles? Maybe I am. But what I'm essentially trying to say is, yes, after saying this, some people may be like, okay, yeah, so she's Sunni. Okay, if that's what you want to take me as, what you want to take me as. But when people ask me what I am, I usually am just like, I'm, I'm Muslim. Because I don't like to go into that divide. And you know, divides are really, really bad. They're really, really bad. No one likes divides. And it's not liked as well in the concept of Islam. No one likes this excessive division. I don't like it either. And it sucks because, you know, it's if you open up TikTok, it's constant slander of the one side to the other side, other whatnot, whatnot. And it's like, can we just stop? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't have any problem with anyone. <laughs> I just, there's certain things that I do feel like I disagree with. But I'm not going to be one of those people that, you know, like try to kill you and hunt you down and whatnot i'm not like that and if anything that i said may have come off wrong may allah forgive me because this is a sensitive topic and i avoid talking about it for this reason so um if i said anything wrong if i offended anyone please forgive me and may allah forgive me as well now when it comes outside of your culture now oh yeah to answer your question would i ever marry outside of my own sect absolutely not i don't think so it's just not something that i think i can again i don't like to consider a sect in the first place I don't even like to consider that as a discussion, right? But if I'm in a situation and this person, I never even brought up sect, but this person evidently tells me, hey, I'm a Shia, I don't accept, you know, hadith. Again, some do, some do. I'm not saying that's all of them. Now, I'm telling you about my situation. Like, if someone said to me that they have this, this opinion, and I don't agree with their opinion, I'm going to say no. Because if I don't agree with your opinion, this is going to cost long term. Because when it comes in, in regards to religion, you really need to be on the same page with someone. This isn't me being insulting. This isn't me being mean. And again, that's not all Shia people. Some Shia people, like, they do accept it. Again, I'm not saying that's all people. Please don't take me out of context. But even if it wasn't Shia, if it was someone that was, you know, Sunni, again, and they said something to me that I felt was, like, really strange out of a religious context, I don't think I'd say yes. Because if you are having such different religious beliefs than me, I don't think that that would be healthy in a marriage or in raising children. I don't think so. So I would say no. Now, when it comes to culture, I don't really care. I'm like, whatever. That's more of like a family thing. I don't have a problem, but yeah, may Allah forgive me. Please, guys, don't take me the wrong way. I just feel so guilty because this was a topic I never wanted to talk about. But it's a topic that keeps coming up. I like to just say that I'm a Muslim. I like to take it as that. And then after that, whatever people like to categorize me as, I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, you do you. How do you get more Islamic friends? I genuinely have been trying, but I can't seem to. Sis, I can't either. <laughs> Look at my podcast. It's really not your fault if you can't find any. Trust me, sometimes what's unfortunate is Muslim people, even if you live around a Muslim population, I think we don't talk about this enough, where you do live around a Muslim population, but everyone already has their friends, so they don't care about making new friends. They don't care about letting you in. They don't care if you're a revert. They don't care if you're some brand new move person. They don't care. And that is so unfortunate, and that's so sad, and I don't like how people do that at all. You know, at the masjids, they'll just form their own groups and they won't ever talk to anyone. They won't ever, like, smile or just, you know, like, they'll leave you out. And I just feel like that's a little bit harsh and mean. You know, may Allah forgive us if we've ever done it unintentionally. But there's certain people that do do it intentionally and I don't like that at all. I think that's very harsh. So trust me, it's not your fault if you do have Muslim people around you and you're struggling to make friends. Um, It's really not. Trust me.
someone says that i don't have a question but i love your podcast and you're so cool and i stop listening to music and as a reaver to help something like that thank you i love you here's a heart for you a virtual heart that you probably can't see but thank you those comments and sweet dms like that really make me happy i know that sometimes i just reply with hearts but trust me like i genuinely take all those in account and i love all of them self-confidence i really need that okay that's the next statement um i think the biggest thing i can tell you about self-confidence is how do you measure yourself this is a very big discussion i'm gonna be uploading a podcast episode on this soon inshallah how do you measure yourself that is how self-confidence has grown. Do you measure yourself by people? Do you measure yourself by compliments? Do you measure yourself by how people perceive you? Or do you measure yourself by the spiritual state in the eyes of God? Think about that. Answer that question. Look into that. I will definitely try to make a bigger episode on that soon, inshallah. The next question is a lengthy one, but basically the person said, have you ever felt like, yeah, you were born to a Muslim family, but you had like a whole another like awakening towards Islam and I felt like you literally reverted? Of course. I think that was a really big part of my life where I felt like, yeah, I was Muslim, but it was kind of like, and yeah, I was praying, but it was like, when I really realized what I was believing in and why, it felt like it was a whole brand new experience. So yes, that is a normal experience for a lot of people, which is great because, you know, waking up and realizing that, hold on, I'm not just believing in this because of my family. I'm believing in this because I actually love it. It's so amazing. It's a blessing every day. Tips for having sabr. Honestly, cry. I tell people this all the time. Sabr is not the enemy of emotion. You can cry if you want. You know, it's okay to cry. It's okay to cry to Allah. It's okay to be upset about it, you know, but realize to not show ungratefulness. Do not sit there and be like, oh, God never gave me anything. God betrayed me. You know, da da da. Why did this happen? No, no, no. You know, I heard this quote and it was a really sad quote and it said, if there is a God, he will ask for my forgiveness. Astaghfirullah. But when I heard that quote, I was like, silent. I was like, that's not okay. And you know what? I feel like people like that who have that mindset. I feel like they've let the dunya get to them so much that they forgot the things that they're going through are a test and like there's a heaven after that. I don't know who that person was that said it or whatever. I don't know. And like it's just like a popular quote. But I just find that mindset crazy because people do have that mindset. And I find that mindset to be dangerous because, you know, when you're actually six feet deep and you realize God's real, I can promise you that's not the mindset you're going to have. So if you feel like you want to cry, cry. If you feel upset, it's okay. But do not be ungrateful. Do not be harsh. Do not be bitter towards God. Realize that if you're keeping sabr, it is just a way for you to communicate with God even more than you ever did before. What practices other than the Quran and Sunnah can grow your Iman? Good character. And that also develops from, I guess, the Quran and Sunnah. But actually applying that to yourself really helps a lot. And that's something we're all struggling with and all going through. I am as well. But like actually applying good character in your life and seeing how you change as a person it really does something to you because you realize that you were someone before and now you're someone completely different and that changes your life. Um, I think how you also treat people, that's a big one because again, just relations within yourself and within people, that takes a big change in your life. Next question, do you plan on memorizing the Quran by yourself or with a teacher? Inshallah. Um, as of right now, I'm doing it on my own. You know, inshallah, may Allah accept it from me. Um, but as of right now, I'm doing it on my own. I feel like I kind of like to be self-paced on my own. I like the fact that if I am really struggling with a verse, I don't have to force myself to fake like I memorized it. I just, I, I'm, I'm slow. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm very slow at memorizing. You know, there's certain days where I'm just staring at the one verse and I'm like, it's not sticking in my head. But I feel like at the end of the day, if you made the intention, you're going to be rewarded for it anyway. So it's a journey. I like to go on that journey slowly and I like to enjoy it. And inshallah, Allah accepts it from me. So please inshallah right now thank you what are you gonna study in college okay 
interesting um as of right now i'm thinking about like rehab sciences and stuff like that and you know i feel like i don't even know if i'm a stem type of person if you want me to be honest i change my mind every day <laughs> um unfortunately well fortunately alhamdulillah you know i'm pakistani but you know then that means you have to be somewhere in stem <laughs> so as of right now i'm floating around in the help you know in science area of the stem but let's see where it takes me i'm honestly just going with the flow i don't put much thought to it i know so many people are really stressed about majors and college and i was too at one point in my life but then i just stopped thinking about it i'm like whatever it's gonna be it's gonna be i'm not gonna worry too much about it and i notice things come out better too when you just don't think about it too much so <laughs> i'm just kind of going with the flow how can i get over a depression i have lots of episodes on this please feel free to scroll down and listen to them I think getting over depression, the first one is realizing that the way that you don't feel is crazy. You're not crazy for feeling sad. But two, realizing that you have the chance every single day to get up and make a change. You can sit here and say that, you know, the circumstances are not in your favor. And I bet they aren't. But you do not want to go into a state of learned helplessness, which is a thing that I learned about in psychology, where even when you can't escape, you choose not to escape your problems because you have learned help, help, helplessness. And that is a very bad mindset. And unfortunately, lots of people that are depressed actually have learned helplessness where they know they can escape some of them know that they can get out on the other side but they don't and so please try to avoid that mindset this is a very big topic i have lots of episodes on this please feel free to scroll down and watch them how do we differentiate and find the line between mental health in the media and mental health in islam and i love you and i love you too okay um this is a great question i talked to this girl about this in her dms as well mental health in the media i feel like from some perspective it's very janked up because they will tell you that you know getting drunk is okay you know getting one night stands is okay and it's like self-care and therapeutic to let yourself go and i think the biggest thing that you have to do is take bits and pieces from both's end and what islam tells about mental health first of all take all of that in and you know we should always be trying our best to apply that what social media may tell you about mental health you need to waver it through and look at it from an islamic lens is this allowed islamically if someone's telling you get drunk you know every night that's not allowed islamically but if someone's telling you hey grow a little garden in your bedroom that helps you know with self-care and self-love you know go out and get yourself a nice thing to eat that helps like view it then you're like okay yeah that's fine i should do that so you have to take the bits and pieces from both and and combine them and that helps i feel like if you are completely leaning towards self-love media and that is your source, I think you're going to set yourself up for failure. Because if you do not have God in mind when you're trying to heal and become a better person and love yourself, I, do, I, just, I feel like it's a setup for failure. I just don't see it working long term. I think that it's, I think that it's like a, I hate to say this, but I feel like it's just kind of like a mind state for a little bit. And after that, like you will find yourself collapsing. And that happens even when you do have God in mind, but it's like you have more strength. You know where you're falling, you know your foundations, you know your basis, and you have a religious and spiritual state of mind, which is very important, instead of just having a social media self-care state of mind. You make me feel calm every time I listen to your podcast. Thank you for that. Thank you for listening. I appreciate, you know, your kind comment. I appreciate you listening to me. So, yeah, thanks. What's one thing that made you get into the dean pain? <laughs> pain i think we all go through some pain that makes us come to this point so yes i'm gonna be very brutally honest with you it wasn't no you know fun light story i didn't have no friends that took me to the mosque and i was like woo no it was pain <laughs> staying up late night crying you know suicidal thoughts whatnot like it was a long journey that i don't really talk about that much in depth but lots of pain and it got me here today alhamdulillah next one are you still in school yes i am i'm still in school guys um I didn't become those people that dropped out because of the podcast. <laughs> I don't think that's 
I don't think that's ever gonna be me. <laughs> but um, I'm still in school. Alhamdulillah. Do you have any wishes, dreams, and stuff like that that you really wish would come true? If the question was something among those lines, um, yeah, I really want to have a cafe. I really love to cook. I love when people ask me to cook for them. I like to make food. I love to experiment with new dishes. I like to do mixed cuisine. I find that very fun. Um, you know, growing up, I feel like as a Pakistani girl, <laughs> you know, just coming from a cultural background, I feel like they expect you to know how to cook or like you'll go to hell. Like they make it seem like if you don't know how to cook, you're going to die, which is stupid because I think men should know how to cook as well. Look, you really should. Men, you need to learn how to cook. If you're listening to this, please learn how to cook. Your wife is your partner. She's not your maid. She's not your personal nanny that comes in to clean, you know, and it's sad because our culture makes it seem like, oh, it's okay if a man doesn't know how to cook. He can put water in a cup. That's that's fine. That's fine. That's all he needs to know. You need to know how to self-suffice yourself. And, um, but I, that's one of the reasons why, like, growing up, lots of girls, they hate the concept of cooking because they're like, oh my God, it's so misogynistic. No, girl, trust me, like, get into the kitchen and cook for you and like, because you want to do it. And it's so therapeutic and it's so fun and I find it amazing and I like to cook for people. I like to feed people. I just feel like that that's one of my big love language things because... I don't know I just is that weird I think I am pretty good at expressing myself emotionally as well but like with my family it's like I'm I really love to cook for them it's another thing that you know sometimes it fails but majority of the time it comes out good so yeah I do want to open up like a food place a nice halal food cafe shop thing that's always a big dream inshallah maybe one day but that's not like a dream that I'm working towards actively but um if someone's listening to this and they want to, like, sponsor my dream, please, feel free. <laughs> I'm kidding. But, um, I think that's the one thing that I can think of off the top of my head. The other thing is, like, my, another dream of mine is, like, I really want to open up, like, a really big wellness center. Like, mindfulness, spiritual body, whatnot. But that's lots of money and lots of degrees. So, maybe one day, inshallah. What are your hobbies? Okay, I love to paint. That's something that I've been trying to get back into recently. I just haven't had time. Um, I love to do Arabic calligraphy. I love to do Quranic verse calligraphy. Those are so fun. I love to do DIYs. I know that's so childish. I'm one of those people that sometimes sit there on YouTube and they're like, you know, how to make a lantern. I'm sitting there chopping up paper. How to make a snowflake. I, I'm genuinely those those people. I am the target audience. I actually kind of enjoy cleaning. I, this doesn't sound like such a pick-me. Here's the thing. I like cleaning when no one's over my head. When no one's telling me, oh, you better clean that right. Or, hey, you didn't clean today. Like, right? When you start talking, no, stop. Be quiet. But when I'm cleaning for me, like for myself, like I'm just cleaning. Like, it's a vibe. You know, I got whatever I want to listen to playing. Got, like, you know, something interesting playing. A hotwa or whatnot. I'm cleaning the kitchen. Like, it's it's fun. Because it's like, okay, now I have a clean space. And I genuinely do better then, too. But right when someone starts standing over my head, they're like, oh yeah, you better clean that too. You better clean the kitchen. It wasn't good last time. Or you know what? Like, you should be cleaning all the time anyway. Or like, you know how people start staying, saying like cultural stuff? I'm like, okay, now you make me mad and you won't scrub the floor yourself because you made me mad. I'm kidding. I don't get, I don't get mad over it, but like, I'm just kind of like, <clears throat> type of salty thing, you know? I also recently have been trying to get into nature a lot more, but this pollen this pollen doesn't want me. This pollen, the nature just doesn't want me. That's what I'm getting because, baby, let me tell you, if you live in the south 
when those white trees listen if you don't live in the south maybe if you live in the u.s and the other parts you know what i'm talking about but if you don't live in the u.s you might not know what i'm talking about but especially for my audience that lives in the south when those white trees come them white little cherry blossom looking trees the devils i'm telling you bro devil straight devil bro when those trees come the pollen that goes in the air they're so beautiful the trees are so beautiful i'm sitting there taking pictures of them sneezing exploding but they're they 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 hate me and i know that it's not just those trees it's you know the environment as a whole but like when those trees come the pollen level just goes up and it's just like but yeah nature i'm waiting for summer really because when it gets like peak hot summer the pollen does get a little bit better Next question, what are some things you find peace in? I feel like I find peace in, of course, you know, spiritual activities, praying, reading Quran, whatnot. That's always great. But I think I also find peace in talking to someone. I feel like that's so important. Like when you have someone you trust and you just sit there and you talk to them about things that are really stupid, but things that are meaningful to you. I think that that is something I find lots of peace in. And of course, in Islam and in God and whatnot. Next one, can you spell your name? Yes, my name is H-I-R-A. My name is Hera. Um, I know it's pronounced differently in some different areas, but that is how I was grown up hearing my name pronounced. That is how I like to believe it's pronounced culture-wise. Um, so yeah, that's my name. I know that lots of you probably don't know my name, but that's my name. Now you know. That is so weird. Like Now that I'm thinking about it, I never once in my podcast, as far as I'm aware, ever sat there and been like, hey y'all, my name's Hera. <laughs> that's so weird okay next question is do you have a crush on someone no <laughs> no no i don't i don't actively like i'm i'm no i'm i just i don't men have cooties no i'm kidding but i just don't care i just feel like this is one of those things like i mentioned this earlier too and i get this question a lot i just don't actively look for anyone i know i don't how do i put this in words i just feel like that's not my main concern right now I'm one of those people that I'm kind of like, okay, it'll come to me itself, hopefully, inshallah, you know, like, I'm just, I'm, I, again, I just don't like to think too much about things that may worry me, so, this is one of those things, I just don't think about that too much, or about, like, why don't, you know, some girls, they're constantly like someone, I have friends that, like, they like someone at every stage of their life, like, they cannot not like someone, and I'm like, y'all, drop the crushes it's liberating to just be free like it's liberating to not have to worry about anyone go to sleep at night knowing no one you don't got to worry about nobody you know <laughs> but um yeah i'm not saying that in like a feminist way because i do not support that i'm just saying generally like you know you're young and being a girl like enjoy your breath of freedom you know they always say men are like oh thank god you know i'm not married thank god you know I'm free from the shackles of women. I, I'm sorry, but I think us women can kind of say the same, you know? It gets exhausting sometimes. <laughs> so, but yeah, I don't have, I don't have anything like that going on in my life right now. I'm just one of those people that I'm like, God will bring it forth to me and whatever's interested is will come on its own. I don't know. I just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm bland. If you expected something interesting from me in that area, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Your favorite food. Okay. Oh my God. I have so many favorites. Um, if we're talking about like basic foods like i love fries they're so good you know of course pizza but you know a lot of let me think i love me a good kebab you know that 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 always hits a good bbq we love that pakistani food period just yeah what can i say i'm pretty good with food overall your favorite outfit i think my favorite outfit would be anything that's just long 
baggy and modest i know that sounds like such a pick me oh my god but i genuinely feel like when you wear stuff like that you feel the prettiest no one can tell you anything about your body no one can tell anything about how you look you just are doing it for you and i like that a lot next one how did you learn how to read the quran um i learned since i was a child from teachers i had teachers that taught me if you don't have a teacher to teach you that's no problem you can go on youtube and there's lots of videos that literally do every single little letter sound out for you there's lots of nice stuff on youtube on how to you know learn how to read the quran next one is how are you thank you i'm good thank you for asking i don't have people that ask me that very often so when people ask me that it makes me very happy alhamdulillah advice for reverts as they navigate their islamophobic family honestly i think that when god is by your side no one can hurt you and i tell that to my reverts all the time i know you're scared i know that they might kick you out the house i know they may do this they may do that remember that when god is by your side no one can hurt you your family unfortunately does not know better they don't you know and you can't be mad at them and you can't say you know harsh things to them because islam wants you to keep good family ties you know lots of situations even in our history where things went very badly like our prophet ibrahim peace be upon him you know his dad literally made idols with his own hands you know some people say his dad but some people had other relations whatever it was family members literally made idols with his own hands you, you know it is what it is and you will have to bear through situations like that but remember that you are worshiping what you're worshiping for you your soul is meant to outlive this earth it's way more than just about your family this is about you this is about your dream this is about your ahira love what you do and do not let anyone take this away from you last question why do you not show your face okay i think i've talked about this before this is something that i always get various opinions on and i feel like i'm trying to also understand where i stand on it there's one under the spectrum where they say that women can show their face you know women don't have to be hidden away they're preaching they're doing dawah whatever and i know lots of amazing you know women scholars that you know are very knowledgeable and they show their face they talk whatnot and it's not a problem then the other end of the spectrum they say that women should not show their face period it's fitna it doesn't lead to anything good and i agree with that as well that sometimes you know women if they show their face on social media and they're not stern about the situation and they're not stern about you know don't like you know be in my comments simping for me whatnot 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 like if you're not stern about it and at the end of the day you can't here's the thing Lots of women post their faces, their bodies, and whatnot, and then they say, oh, you should have been lowering your gaze, but you also have to remember that you have to be mindful about what you post. It comes on both ends. And am I, am I saying that to justify crappy actions? No, because people should lower their gaze. People should be careful. But you also need to remember that when you post something, you also need to be mindful that you're putting yourself out there, okay? Um, But if you're a woman and, you know, people, unfortunately men, they find something attractive in you, you don't want to be the reason someone's not lowering their gaze, but at the same time, you know your intention also could have been good you also could have been posting it for something good your intention probably wasn't that but you also posted yourself and it's just like so much conflict between both of these things where i i view both ends and sometimes i do think i'm like well it's not that big of a deal you know what i'm saying like it's just it's just my face if i was walking on the street or if i was to do a meet and greet people would see my face if i was to do a meet and greet people would see my face or if i were if I, cho if I chose to be a niqabi you know if inshallah when that time comes like people would see me still you know what i'm saying and i wouldn't have a big issue with that i have some girls that you know i have one girl in particular that i knew before i even met a podcast she knows exactly what i look like she listens to my podcast all the time you know what i'm saying i don't care if she knows me i have had you know certain girls in discord be like oh my god can i please see what you look like and i've sent them pictures of myself i'm like this is me and then you know i they never forwarded on deleted it like i delete it it's a really strict i don't show people that i don't trust i you know if people beg me enough if you're a girl i'll probably just be like okay fine let me just quickly show you your private dm and i'll delete the picture or just like on a video call something like that right but it's like 
when it comes to posting my face publicly, like on Instagram, I just feel like, again, here's the thing. I don't think about looks. I know that some people may think, oh, I'm pretty. Some people may think, no, I might not be someone's cup of tea. That's okay. That's okay. But my thing is that I just feel like I want people to listen to me. I want people to listen to what I have to say. I don't want people to watch me because of my face. I don't want people to, you know, watch me because I'm a person that posts their face. And now this sounds so stuck up and arrogant. This sounds like I'm saying, oh, I'm so pretty. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is generally, and I said this in my last episode as well, people like to see a face. People like to know that an account has a face. People like to know that someone, a human being, is behind the account because it just makes the account feel more natural. When you don't show your face, people get curious. I would get curious too if I was a listener of my own podcast. I'd be curious on what I look like right? So it isn't like a stuck up or arrogant thing. God knows that's not my intention. If anything, it's more of like a safety thing because I just don't, I don't want to be held accountable for something or be in fire for something or have anything slip off because I show my face. I don't want the value of my message to slip away because I show my face. I don't want people to come on my page and be like, oh yeah, let me see what she looks like today. I want people to come on my page and say, I wonder what she's talking about today. Do you get my, do you get me? Like, and I hate to say this because it sounds, and it sounds boastful, it sounds arrogant, it makes me sound stuck up. Like I think I'm the prettiest thing in the world. No, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? I think that I don't really, I don't, about that that much i think that it's allah you know allah's made every single person and i feel like that alone makes every single person beautiful which i know some people may find that so cliche but how can i i just don't think that you know looks i think they were made by god and god made skies and mountains in that way i think that everyone is beautiful mashallah and i know that some people may say that sounds like a pick me i don't care how you view it i think that god does not make mistakes so mashallah to all of you but um I think that's my two cents on that. I feel like I'm just struggling to understand how I want to go about it. I know that within girls, some people do say that I'm a little bit too tight because it's like if if it's just girls, it's not a problem. But I do get concerned because I don't want, you know, someone to accidentally post it or something like that to happen. It's like I feel like this is a ward that I'm trying to figure out myself on how I feel about it because, you know, some people, they just put on a niqab and then they share Islamic knowledge, no problem. People like that. But at the same time, like, why do I need to show my face for you guys to want to hear me? Now, I'm not saying any offense to this person. I'm not saying that. I'm not talking about you guys directly. I'm just saying generally there's certain people that they don't want to hear a message unless they see a person's face. And I feel like sometimes you just, you got to value the message more than the face. And again, no insult to the person that asked. I get this question all the time. And I think it's just something that I'm working through because one part of me does think that, like, what good is there from a woman showing her face? You know what I'm saying? A part of me does think that. Or I'm like, what, what, what's going to happen? You know, some people might be like, oh, you're so pretty, whatnot. But that's like, it, it also kind of leads gates to fitna in a, in a way sometimes. But at the same time, I'm not saying that women, you know, are... <sighs> it's just, it's it's complicated. Like, I'm not shaming the women that do do it. You do you. I just feel like I don't understand where I stand on this. And it's one of those things where if I post a picture of myself once, I can't take it back. You know what I'm saying? So it's like if I make a decision on this, I need to be firm on it. And as of right now, I feel like I'm okay with the decision of not showing my face because I just find it to be comfortable. I find it to be more important that people hear what I have to say. More important that people come on my page and they say, I'm looking for a useful reminder. Not, I wonder what she looks like today. I wonder what color dress she's wearing today. No, it's about like what I got to say. And I like that. So, yeah, I don't mean to sound arrogant or boastful in any way, shape, or form. May Allah forgive me if that's what it came off as. I don't mean that at all. I just feel like, you know, for the sake of whatnot, I just feel like that's the best decision for me right now. But anyway, hopefully 
this Q&A was fun. I will wrap it up right here. I'm going to have another episode soon, inshallah, where I will be sharing really, really interesting responses from you guys. If you follow me on Instagram, I think you guys know what this episode will be about next. But um, thank you guys so much for the Q&A, for, you know, listening to me talk for this long. I find it so crazy that people even send in questions and wonder about me. It's weird. But I love it. You know, it's it's cute to know that people care. So um, alhamdulillah, may Allah bless you guys. I hope you guys are having a safe Ramadan and assalamu alaikum.